0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about a very special anniversary now, the fall of the Berlin Wall. It was 30 years ago tomorrow, the wall came down, uniting East and West Germany. The country and its capital, of course, were divided after the second world war and to stop the flow of people from east germany into the west the east german government under the authority of the soviet union started construction of the berlin wall in the overnight hours of august in 1961 30 years ago tomorrow the wall started to come down our own Nikki Reitmeier now looks back at this moment in history uh, including the people who were there
1: As the communist barrier between East and West Berlin grows higher and stronger, the more determined grows the will of those in the East to escape. Since the Khrushchev announcement that he would sign a separate peace treaty with East Germany, the flow of those seeking asylum here on the fringe of freedom has reached 1,500 a day. But from now on, crossings into free Berlin will be fugitive affairs. The Russians have told their people that the border was closed to prevent the infiltration of agents from the West. Never a word about those who fled to the arms of freedom. Fled from the rule of guns and tanks and cast ominous shadows on the red side of freedom's border. Still in my
2: memory... I can see them all. I can. I know how often I was uh, so close by, like 20 centimeters or so, swimming in the summer in one of those lakes where that was divided uh, by east and west, and you could hear uh, the megaphones of the of the border control people from the east. You are now passing the border. Swim back. Those kind of things.
0: Kurt Hoopner is a professor in the Poli Sci department at the University of British Columbia, and he's a part of the Institute of European Studies. I decided to start my conversation with Kurt on the morning of August 14th, 1961. What did Berliners wake up to that morning?
2: And when they woke up with a wall, something uh, that the former uh, government of the TDR was erecting in a kind of night action in order to secure their own nation-state, in their economy, there was the feeling on their side that too many people are using the kind of open border and are leading, at this kind of modern terms, to the brain drain all the kind of economic and security aspects, and rather than offering that is an attractive social model in the GDR, they said, okay, now we shut the whole thing down, and uh, the wall was there. In the time thousand nine hundred and sixty one obviously a lot of people living in Western Berlin, hacker shops in the East, not of a sudden they couldn 't go to their work any longer, and the other way around, so it was confusion, they' also pretty clear that 's the kind of a, one of the high moments of the Cold War at the time
0: The Soviet Union said they built the wall to keep out Western spies and fascists seemed more likely, though in reality, the wall had been built to keep East Germans from flooding into the West. With the sides separated, different cultures began to emerge. Professor Hoopner explained those differences can still be seen today.
2: Even though if you visit Berlin, it's now a United City, uh, and uh, let us say you're moving beyond the center, the Neue Mitte, how it's called, where all the museums are and so on, then out of a sudden you're really back in Eastern Germany. Uh, It's starting from the houses, but also the kind of people living there. So there is still this kind of separation. This sentiment that uh, we see starting latest in 1961, we see the the, the emergence, the growth of two forms of German identities.
0: One man who witnessed those different Germanies in a very unique way is Bruce Allen. Bruce is the longtime music manager to Brian Adams, Michael Bublé, and a whole bunch of other artists. He told me what it was like back in the 80s, traveling to East Germany while on tour with Brian Adams.
1: We did play some shows in the Eastern Bloc, so we would go to Checkpoint Charlie, get our stuff through, go over to Leipzig or Mannheim, play some shows there. Berlin, when the wall was up, was a model city, and it drove the East Germans nuts because they would sit there on the other side of the wall in this dark, we, every, every time we were over there it was dark, the street lights barely worked, no no lights on in the houses, it was dark, dark, dark all the time, and they would hear all this fun coming from Berlin and they they, they amped it up there, so it would drive them crazy listening to what's going on in in West Berlin while they're sitting there in East Berlin in this dreary circumstances. Meanwhile, you know, you could hear the music, you could hear, you know, they had rides going up into Ferris wheels and stuff like that up high, so they could see people having a great time. And they really pushed it. It became became the model city for Germany. And I think that had a lot to do with the reason the wall came down. I mean, the German, East Germans just weren't going to take it anymore. It was just like torture. It's like when you were in Alcatraz prison, you know, people always said you could hear San Francisco. Well, that's a drag when you're in a cell. So I think the Germans, the East Germans, they just got sick of it. And I think they put the pressure on, you know, let's get this wall down which of course Reagan was up there too saying to tear down this wall behind me stands a wall that encircles the free sectors of this city part of a vast system of barriers that divides the entire continent of Europe General Secretary Gorbachev if you seek peace if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe if you seek liberalization Come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev,
2: open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
0: Two years and three months after US President Ronald Reagan made that now famous speech at the Brandenburg Gate, The East German government stunned the world when they finally decided to allow travel between the East and West. Weeks of civil unrest led to that monumental moment. For 10,316 days, East and West Germans had been kept apart. But on November 9th, 1989, the wall began to come down. Astonishing news from East Germany where the East German authorities have said, in essence, that the Berlin Wall doesn't mean anything anymore. From the Berlin Wall specifically, take a look at them. They've been there since last night. They are here in the thousands. They are here in the tens of thousands. Occasionally they shout, die Mauer muss weg, the wall must go. Thousands and thousands of West Germans come to make the point that the wall has suddenly become irrelevant. Something, as you can see, almost to party on. How do you measure such an astonishing moment in history? Thousands of East Germans came across the border today, perhaps more than 100,000, so many that border police lost count. And at every border crossing, thousands of West Germans there to say, welcome. Such an astonishing moment in history. Now, what's it feel like to be standing on top of the wall? It's
1: incredible for me. It's, uh, I can't describe, really,
2: my feelings. It's uh, something unreal for me.
1: If if there is someone who
0: who sleeps for eight weeks and you told him what happened here, he thinks you are crazy. It's, it's unthinkable.
1: Of course the wall came down and we got involved in a concert.
2: This site, right next to the Berlin Wall between East and West Berlin, is where Roger Waters, a founder member of Pink Floyd, will perform the classic work, The Wall, to raise money for the Memorial Fund for Disaster Relief. Waters will bring a cast of some of the world's top stars to perform in Berlin's Potsdamer Platz, in the shadow of the Brandenburg
0: Gate.
1: And 450,000 people showed up, and that was an amazing show. They did the whole The Wall record that was done by Pink Floyd, that we performed the whole thing with different people taking different songs, and... Uh, there was, the band was there, Van Morrison, Sinead O'Connor, let me think, uh, Sidney Lauper, the Scorpions rock band, Mary faithful, Joni Mitchell, Brian. And Brian, I remember he did that song, Comfortably Numb. It was a tremendous event, and and while they were doing that, of course, they were building up the wall and then tearing down the wall, and when by the time the show was over, the wall was down. That's the way they did it, but 450,000 people was quite an amazing thing, and we played right in that no, it was the no-go zone between the two walls, there's actually two walls, between, there's a place where the East Germans had their uh, towers and that set up like a penitentiary, and then on the other side, the West, West Germany was the same thing, and people, of course, some as you know, tried to get over the wall and try and get to the other side, so it was a very interesting time, and it was really a thrill to be on that wall record, and it did very well, and that was one of the first times Roger Waters really performed it on those conditions, which made it even more more memorable.
0: Here we are now, 30 years after the fall of the Berlin Wall. When you think back on that period of time, are there any other really special memories that stand out?
1: Well, the big one was, of course, always going through Checkpoint Charlie because that's how we got in there. And I remember, you know, you had to go into the inside and they went through everything you had and looked in your truck and looked in your cars and, you know, had mirrors going underneath the cars and so on and so forth. That was always something because they could, they could at any time say No. They could at any time say no. So it was yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, from our side. We just nodded our head. Everything they wanted, they got, and we got in there. It was really interesting. I still got a piece of the wall because we, we all rented uh, sledgehammers on the day of the show, the big wall show, and we got a chance to swing at the wall and t- keep the pieces of it. I got a big chunk of it in my house still to this day, as does Brian and, and most of the guys in the band. You know, you paid so much money for a sledgehammer, rented it for 10 minutes to smash away at it, and uh, knock down your piece, pick it up and there's your sledgehammer back and off you went and it was uh, it was something I'll never forget